What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to episode number 25 of the Fanboys Anonymous Group Meeting Podcast. I'm your host, the owner of fanboysanonymous.com, Tony Mango, and joining me on the panel for this episode, I've got Alex Grimley. Hello. Caroline Oliveira. Hello. And Sean Walker. The name's Walker. Sean Walker. <laughs> yes, this meeting has officially been called to order, and the topic at hand is going to be who is the best James Bond? The reason why we're talking about this is because Spectre came out, and I declared November James Bond month, similar to how we're going to be doing Star Wars month in December. Because really, if it's something comes out that I'm a big, big fan of, you're not getting anything else on this site except for stuff about that. I'm going to be posting anything I can possibly can. You already had those two articles that are the wed better dead things for the Bond girls. I'm going to be doing one of them for Star Wars. And really, when it came down to the group meeting... Yeah, we could have talked about maybe Battlefront coming out. Maybe we could have talked about some different movie news or anything else like that. Whatever the case may be, I figured easiest, best thing for us to take care of is just debating back and forth. Out of all the actors who are James Bond, who is the best one? We have six different people have portrayed the character out of like the mainstream one. I mean, obviously we've gotten parodies, we've gotten... Uh, Barry Nelson, I think, if I remember correctly, was the name of the one who was in the Casino Royale TV thing. Uh, David Niven and Woody Allen were James Bond. It's kind of insanity, but there's essentially six people. A lot of people forgot uh, forget one of them along the way, but I'll shit on him a little bit later. <laughs> uh, those six people, in order of when they made their debut as Bond, were Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton... Pierce Brosnan, and Daniel Woo! Craig. So, obviously, we all have our favorites, and I'm going to spoil it a little bit now. I'm just going to say here, who is your favorite Bond? And we're going to talk about each person. We're going to talk about the positives and the negatives and stuff like that. Alex, I'm going to start off with you. We have been Bond fans for a long, long time, and we went into this with our Pierce Brosnan era and whatever, but we've been able to watch Daniel Craig for a couple films now. We obviously went back in time and saw, well, not literally, but uh, saw Connery and everybody else and stuff like that. Since we grew up with the Brosnan era, who's your favorite? Is it Brosnan or is it somebody else? Uh, it is somebody else. My favorite is Timothy Dalton, who I think is a little underappreciated. He didn't have the opportunity uh, to make a big impact on the Bond series. He only starred in two films in the late 1980s. But what I like about Dalton is his um, seriousness, his coldness. He's kind of the most um, hard-edged, brutal Bond since Sean Connery. Caroline, what about you? Have you got a favorite <laughs> between these six different Bonds? Um, I'm a very superficial bitch, so I'm just going to go based on how they make me feel inside. <laughs> uh I feel like it's a toss-up between Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig for different reasons. Like, Daniel Craig is rough. He's like, ugh, he's a man's man. He'll probably, like, throw me against the wall. Like, that's hot. And Pierce Brosnan, he's like a gentleman. He's so sultry, and he's, like, oh, delicious to look at. So that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's like, yeah, guys, sorry. Um, if you guys are looking for something smart for me to say, it's not going to happen in this podcast. <laughs> Well, to be fair, we are going to argue about who's delicious and who isn't, and we would be doing the exact same thing if we were talking about the Bond girls, hence that wed better dead thing where I'm just kind of like, yeah, she's hot, but she's hotter, and she's probably better in the sack, and this kind of thing. <laughs> so we can't be hypocrites about this, you know? True. 
Sean, I know that you and I both agree that uh, Ethan Hunt looks the best in Mission Impossible 2, but as far as the Bond series goes, what are you thinking? Who's the best Bond? Piz Brosman. Is that because of his deliciousness? <laughs> Dude, the dude's got the hair, right? That, well, they all that... have hair. Well, except well, for well, Roger Moore at the end of this. <laughs> the, the quiff style look going on. Goldeneye, fucking fantastic film. So I actually have to go Dalton as well, and I've ranked them over the years in different ways and stuff like that, but Dalton is a guy that I, I do agree with Alex. I think that he is dangerously underrated when it comes to this. It's kind of ridiculous, actually, because I looked up some different polls, and he tends to be either last or second to last, tied with George Lazenby. And... Even when it came to a poll that I came across earlier where it said, if you had to hire one of the James Bond actors, who would you hire? And the difference between the two of them, there was 2.1% and 2.2%. And Dalton got the worst out of all of it. Like, people would, wouldn't want to hire Timothy Dalton to do a job, but they would. it was like 41% for Connery and 20 for Craig and 20 for Brosnan and whatever like that. But... uh we're going to go in order. I mean, uh, you know, we're going to bounce around here and stuff like that. But Sean Connery, a lot of people say that he's the best because he was the first. And a lot of people are tied to that kind of thing. It's like, well, it's the classic, so it's always better, that kind of a thing. Yeah, I agree that he kind of brought a lot of what the mannerisms are that a lot of people continue on. So you got to give him credit for that. But at the same time, there's things about Connery that I don't like. And... um when I look at who the different bonds are, I try to make everything out of like a three scale or a five scale. I tried to make a seven, but I couldn't think of seven of them. My five qualifications, I don't know if you guys would agree or not, would be action, jokes, sophistication, sex appeal, and cold-bloodedness. What do you guys think about those? Are those like the five qualities that you would say round out James Bond? Can you list them again? All right, we got uh, cold-bloodedness, Not action, jokes, yep, sophistication, yep, and sex appeal. Yep, I would get rid of um, the blood, the blood one for uh, cheesiness. <laughs> See, I grouped that in with jokes. All right, because I think a Bond's got to be a jerk, but well, he's, he's an be assassin. A nice he needs to be cold-blooded. Yeah. I mean, there's scenes like uh, Pierce Brosnan's golden eye scene where she says, how could you be so cold? And he says, that's what keeps me alive. And you got uh, Connery is like as shut off as a human being as you could possibly get. Like, there's no life in his eyes for anybody, you know, <laughs> like Lazenby's, you know, it's cardboard cutout of a human being. What were you going to say, Alex? Connery is um, particularly sort of psychopathic. I mean, and I think in his films, he beats up as many women as he does men. He does. I mean, we're going to be doing our movie club for the end of the month. It's going to be different James Bond films. But I was rewatching You Only Live Twice, and I had forgotten just, like, how easily he just smacks people around. <laughs> like... And it's like for nothing too. Roger Moore and George Lazenby did it too. Dalton, they started changing it because you know, I mean, that was in the eighties now, and we, it's not really like people are realizing how it's not okay, you know. But Connery, like, he's just kind of like so. 
uh, what time is it? And somebody's like, I don't know, I don't have a watch. And he just like smacks him and it's just kind of like, get my fucking time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. He's pretty damn cold-blooded. And when he kills people and you only live twice, they're like chasing after him and he just pulls out a gun and shoots him. Like Daniel Craig now, he tends to try not to kill people and it like bugs him when he kills people. He still does. I mean, like every Bond is a killer. But Connery, it seems like he almost enjoys it. Probably does. <laughs> well, I mean, we know that Connery himself is like a, a womanizer <laughs> and a beater and stuff like that. And what was the quote that he said about like, uh, like putting women in check or something with like a, a good hit every once in a while or oh, something? God. Where it's just like, like a terrible human being. <laughs> On the he was being interviewed by Barbara Walters, and Barbara Walters thought she'd call him out and says. Um, uh, Mr. Connery, now you've gone on record saying that it's okay in certain cases to hit women. Is this something you believe? And he go and um, to her shock, she, he says, uh, "Oh yes, very much so." You know, <laughs> specifically, he says when you've given them the last word and they want to continue arguing. Uh, Connery says, "This is when it's okay to hit a woman." <laughs> oh my God! I mean, you imagine he was looking at the script, for example, of something like Diamonds Are Forever, and he's like, "Oh God, you mean?" I don't hit a woman for 30 pages? Let's get something in it. something. He's changing the lyrics of the song. He's like, I like the part where you say diamonds are forever, but can you also add in, but what lasts forever even more than diamonds is that uh, red mark on your face when I smack you? <laughs> he, when it comes to the cold-blooded part, I think Connery is at the top. And I probably would rank... Um, Daniel Craig and Timothy Dalton as the next two. Probably Dalton before Craig a little bit. Craig's like, he's, you can tell that he's a killer and they make it a good point out of calling him out and saying, you know, you're a blunt instrument in Casino Royale. And um, he kind of has like, not like that he's like happy about certain ways that he kills people, but he gets kind of proud about the way he kills people, which I think is kind of funny. But I'd go, as far as, like, the cold-blooded factor, I'd go Connery, and then I'd go Dalton, actually, because Dalton is very vengeful. I mean, shit, his, one of his only two movies is all about, I'm gonna fucking kill that guy. Right. But do you get that about that, too? Dalton is probably number two when it comes to the cold-blooded part of it. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, they played it up with Daniel Craig, um making him like really rough and tumble brutal but with Dalton there isn't a hell of a lot of sex appeal or humor to take the edge off of his cold-bloodedness his films are kind of dour serious humorless that's a negative that I would give for Dalton he's not funny like I think like one of the only jokes he pretty much has to his belt is the fact that he's whistling the uh, song for that little key finder that, that in itself, it's like, he's not even joking around. He's just whistling. Cause it was built into it. Like uh, somebody like a Roger Moore, that guy is just like a clown. Literally. Well, this raises a very interesting question in preparation for this podcast. I was kind of racking this over in my, in my mind, you know, 
Roger Moore, the reputation he has is for being the most sort of tongue-in-cheek, campy Bond, that it's all one joke after another, even the sort of big set pieces. A lot of things are played for laughs in his film. But then when you think about the fact that, you know, he's going around killing a lot of different people, and he's still that happy and humorous <laughs> all the time, he may well be the most psychopathic Bond. Maybe. Like, he does tend to, I mean, there's that one shot in particular that stands out to me when it comes to probably, like, the only, like, cold-blooded kind of thing that Roger Moore does, which is in um, The Spy Who Loved Me, if I'm remembering correctly, where the guy, he's holding him by the tie. Right. That's, that's Spy Who Loved Me, right? Yeah. And the guy tells him the information, and then he just lets go of the tie. <laughs> just like, whoops, you're dead. <laughs> You know, kind of fixes his own tie. Like, well, you know, my tie's you know, fucking great. My tie keeps me on the, the roof. <laughs> Usually, though, I mean, he's doing stuff like he's literally dressed up as a clown, an octopusy, and uh, he's got a quip for everything. And some of them are great, and some of them are terrible. I mean, every Bond film's got terrible puns and stuff, which is one of the reasons why I love him so much. But he's definitely—I mean, there is no argument. He's the jokiest Bond. Like, uh, Brosnan gets a little too jokey toward the end of his career. Oh, Brosnan's amazing, but he doesn't take anything fucking seriously. It's great. That's why I love him. Well, he does in Goldeneye. That's the thing. Goldeneye, he's almost a different Bond than what he is in Tomorrow Never Dies. I, I think he just... I don't know. He took a lighter approach towards the Bond series towards the end. Well, the end, I mean, that. of course he had to take a lighter approach. They're giving him invisible cars and shit. Ah, oh, well, you know, that invisible car was amazing. Don't, don't say you weren't having it, all right? No, I would say the best gadget in Dino the Day is that ring. Fuck the car. A little ring that you, you spin it, which I don't know how that makes any sense, but you spin the ring and then it, it's a, that sonic pulse and you can crack the, the glass. Oh, that was yeah. actually kind of cool. Well, to be fair, the best... The best thing he ever used in that film was Halle Berry. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery's like, I hear that. <laughs> well, if if we're talking about, let's stay on the cold-blooded thing, and then we'll kind of knock that part out or whatever like that. Um, we've got that side of Bond. How would you guys rank that when it comes to, like, if if we're gonna say that maybe that these are the the five qualifying factors, is that one of the ones that makes like a it's a make or break? That's who the best Bond is. Like at its core, is Bond a cold blooded assassin, or are the other things more important? I think that's kind of hard to answer because nowadays, if you were to make him a true assassin, I think most people would have a hard time empathizing with him in a way. Um, we kind of want that type of, uh, quality associated with villains more than our heroes. So I feel like maybe they, maybe it was a bigger thing in the past, but I feel like nowadays, yeah, it's important because that's what he is at the end of the day, but, uh, I don't think it's as important today. Alex, you've read the books. The books are obviously somewhat different from the movies, and they focus a lot on some things that kind of get left by the wayside and stuff like that. Does he come off more as uh, an assassin in the books? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
colder and this, the humor is a lot more dry. You know what I mean? Like he'll joke about murdering, you know, the, the manner in which he's murdered someone. Um, you get the sense that he's like an unstable kind of guy through the books. You know, but I mean, it's to the series' credit that they've been able to go back and forth between making him more and less humorous, more and less of a cold-blooded killer. Um, but I definitely think it's one of the more... It's one of the things that separates the Bond franchise from other kinds of action films where it's like, you know, I don't know, Die Hard or Beverly Hills Cop, where you have these, like, um, people you can root for, you know what I mean, that you can really get behind. I mean, one of the problems with Dalton's film, I think, uh, Dalton's two films is that because he's so cold-blooded you almost can't empathize with him there's no one to root for in these films you know they kind of leave the audience high and dry it's sort of like if you're watching a gangster film yeah at best Bond is like an anti-hero I think you're like you're looking at the two ends of a war and you're like well both people are wrong but we just mm-hmm. gotta root for the guy that's supposed to be the good guy kind of a thing I can see that uh, well, let's backtrack to our jokes conversation that we were having. Roger Moore, jokiest of all of them. And the one that I actually would probably say is the, the least humorous is Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to crack a fucking joke for anything anymore. He doesn't have to. <laughs> like, I like it when you see... I think that that's something that really has been an important part of the franchise. Like, Bond, as cold as he can be... I always love when Bond can kind of see the humor in a situation. Like, he's almost kind of like the Joker a little bit, where, like, all the world's going to shit, and at any moment, you know, a bomb could explode, or, like, somebody uh, that he loves could get shot and whatever, and he still is just kind of like, this is fucking ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Like, my favorite thing that Daniel Craig's done as far as jokes go is in Casino Royale, where they have the, the scene where they're going over their... Um, he and Vesper, I mean, that's who they are. They're going over what their code names are going to be, and he requested that her name is Stephanie Broadchester. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, that's what it's on the sheet. You know, that's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like he goes back to just being like, uh, you know, well, uh, now I, I got a pair of threes. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the jerky kind of joke stuff is a part of Bond that I really love too, and credit to Daniel Craig, he pulls it off when he goes up to the counter and it's like, uh, my name is Beach, but you'll find the name under Bond. <laughs> and she looks at him like, what? And he's just kind of like, oh, you know, I don't shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I like when Bond jokes and some of the jokes are terrible. Some of them are really like, they tried too hard to get that joke in there. Like, I'll point it out when we were talking about On Her Majesty's Secret Service it's bad that they're like, well, let's have some guy get his uh, organs all chopped up in this one thing, and Bond can just go, he had a lot of guts. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. What are some of your favorite jokes that they've done over the Bond series? Anybody uh, want to tag in on this? Tag in? What is this? Smack talk? <laughs> uh, my favorite joke... I think has to be from Casino Royale, where Daniel Craig is getting tortured, and he goes, "Everybody's gonna know that you're going to die scratching my balls." <laughs> <laughs> that for me. One of my favorites has to be the uh, 
<laughs> it, it's such a, a stupid one, but at the end of The World Is Not Enough, where he's... They got you, like, the fireworks in the background, and Dr. Christmas Jones is all dressed up all nice and stuff like that. And he's just... <laughs> Oh, uh, like I guess I was wrong. Christmas only came, comes once a year. It's <laughs> <laughs> like holy shit, that's fucking groan-inducing. Like, oh man, Bond, you gotta go right to that. Like, <laughs> uh, I I like the simple ones too. I love when he electrocutes the guy in Goldfinger and just says positively shocking. Yeah. What are some other ones we got here that are great? Uh, and it, it could be from any of the Bonds too. That's the thing. Although it's not really, there's not much from Dalton either. Uh, one of my favorites, and it's not actually funny, but it's absurd. In the uh, opening sequence of Octopussy, Bond is disguised as a Spanish oh. military general, General Toro, with a fake mustache. And the real General Toro approaches him, you know, with a bunch of troops pointing guns at him. And Roger Moore looks at his name tag and says, oh, you're a Toro too. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the alligator. <laughs> oh, God, that alligator. <laughs> There's uh, a great one from um, Roger Moore that just popped in my mind. It's when Dr. Kananga explodes and he says he always had an inflated opinion about himself. <laughs> oh, my God. I like, uh, speaking of live, let, die, Roger Moore goes into a bar in Harlem and he asks for some kind of drink, and not a vodka martini, but with no ice, and the bartender tells him no ice is extra. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That one's good. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, a Dalton one, and I'm coming up blank. Um, when Cara Malovi in Living Daylights is trying to, um, they're all jam her cello in the back seat of the Aston Martin, he says to her, why couldn't you learn to play the violin? <laughs> Even that, though, it's not like Bond's not doing a pun. He's just kind of like, this is a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, all you got to do is look at Dalton's James Bond career. That's a joke in itself. See, the ones that are joking around in the Dalton films are the other people. Like, uh, speaking of the violin whole thing, uh, they said, do you have anything to declare? And then she's like, just a cello. <laughs> they do that kind of stuff in the figs, uh, borscht cake. That joke from, uh, God, what's his name? I can't think of the villain now. Oh, um, Koskov. Koskov, yeah, there you go. Oh, th there's just, there's so many jokes. I mean, we can sit there and talk about it forever and stuff like that, but, uh, I mean, we get to a point in Roger Moore's career where he's not even just the only one joking, that everybody's a joke. If you do a kill, it's his last film, and that whole thing can't be taken seriously. Like, Christopher Walken, as a villain, and he's got to deliver lines like, I'm happiest in the saddle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? That's a great one. Uh <laughs> The fucking thing, he disagreed with something that ate him. Again, not Dalton, given the line, but in License to Kill, it's another great line. Uh... <laughs> this is, the, yeah, the humor in, in License to Kill is particularly dark. Um, uh, Sanchez, the villain, is describing what they did to Felix Leiter's wife. You know, they, they she's dead. And um, Benicio Del Toro says, we gave her the nice... Honeymoon. 
so weird that that's Del Toro. He looks so young there. But um, I I'd say when we come to talking about who's the best Bond, when it's the jokes, would you guys say Moore goes too far, or like should he be more reserved, like Connery, where? Connery does make his jokes, you know. You shoot somebody and he's, uh, with a harpoon and he says he got the point. Or, like, uh, the shocking thing. Or everybody's favorite one out of all of them. My name's Pussy Galore. I must be dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the proper level of jokiness? Do you go so dour like Dalton that you're you're not joking but you're getting the levity from somebody else? Or do you go so far the extreme with Roger Moore where he's on a gondola in the middle of fucking Italy and just kind of laying back and chilling and going, ah, you know, this is my life. I think Connery has the best balance of, of seriousness and, and humor. I think in Roger Moore's film, they begin to verge almost on self-parody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Lazenby, I think, is too. Like, But for different reasons, wouldn't you say? It was, I don't know, because see, like, I would argue that Lazenby is trying to do his own thing, but he's also just trying to do Sean Connery and... Yeah, it's more of like a na- weird acting choice situation with him, I feel like. It's weird. Like so over the top. I don't... I just watched On Her Majesty's Secret Service again last night. Me too! I, and, crazy. And, I can't, and I can't remember any jokes of his that made me laugh. Like... That I'm yeah I'm kind of yeah. jumping ahead here. We're gonna be talking about this in the movie club. That movie is a fucking bore to me, and I can't <laughs> stand it. But when you look at Lazenby as Bond, like I can't think of a single thing to give him credit for that he's better than somebody else. Like the the difference between like like we're saying like Connery has a good balance between a lot of things. Daniel Craig is really good for certain things and stuff. What the hell is Lazenby better than anybody at? The Before, accent. The accent? No, no. I wouldn't even say the accent. Ew. See, before Daniel Craig, I would have argued Lazenby has probably the best body. Like, he looks the most physically fit. Right. But Daniel Craig comes along and he looks like a fucking beast. You're like, all right, well, then there you go. Let's just kill Lazenby. Because Lazenby was a model beforehand, right? Yeah. I mean, when you think about where the series was, um, Connery, when Lazenby was bond in 69, Connery comes back in 71. He's grossly overweight. They give him, uh, he, he has his shirt unbuttoned in the beginning of Diamonds Are Forever and his hairy guts hanging out. <laughs> not, not a pleasant sight to see. And then you get, um, you know, like a decade and a half of Roger Moore. So Lazenby at the time was probably the most physical um you know he did a lot of his stunts himself and when you watch on her majesty's secret service i mean the fights are really beautifully choreographed and edited he's almost like a ballet i mean um so i think he's got that going for him of course the later bonds brosnan and craig easily blow him out of the water in terms of like physicality and fighting you know fighting prowess but at the time i think that would have been seen as an asset of his Maybe, but you're right. I mean, Daniel Craig is bar none the best action star. Yes. Although, you know what? There's something about Craig's films that I don't like when it comes to the action. He's very hands-on and, like, a little bit too much. 
Like, um, like breaking stuff is the best. <laughs> like he, they, that's kind of like his trademark is that he like punches through walls and yes, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> to like a ridiculous level, like in Casino Royale, he busts through a wall, and yeah, it's a little bit construction, you know, that kind of a thing. And then Inspector, he just goes like, "Oh, it's in the wall. Let me just punch the shit out of this." <laughs> <laughs> I like. Uh, he's awesome. I like the action for uh, Roger Moore's stuff when it comes to the jokey action stuff. And I like uh, Sean Connery's action to a certain extent when it's like, I get the feeling with Connery's action that like, if somebody gets shot or they get stabbed or something like that, that it like, every little bit really hurts. Like nobody gets shot. Well, except for when they get shot and then they scream. Because there's instances where somebody gets shot and then they're going to fall and it's like, bang, ah, you shouldn't be dead when you got shot, you know, but Dalton's good for like, you get punched in the face, you're bleeding and Craig's good for that too. Brosnan, he wasn't Goldeneye. I'm not feeling it for those other three films. He's a little bit too like light on the action, I think. Because he's so pretty, like he, it's like he doesn't really, no, like really, like he, it's just, it's almost like he's eye candy, that's all. Like he, he, they don't want to, they don't want him to mess up his hair, almost. Like that's how I feel when I watch his movies, and I like him, Sean, I'm not saying anything bad about him, don't hate me. But I feel like it's really because he's just so nice to look at. I don't know. And, and he doesn't want to mess up the do at all. Have you seen that? Yeah. It's a very good looking do. Yeah. I think something that's weird about Brosnan when it comes to action is there's a, a recurring theme whenever he's like out of breath. I don't know if anybody else has noticed this or like that, but in um, the world's not enough in particular. It's really noticeable. There's that shot where like he falls down, he's in the nuclear submarine or whatever. And he just is like <gasps> kind of a thing. Like, no. it's like, oh, yeah, I can almost imagine his wife on top of him, and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be mean. She's gorgeous. Wait, wait. We don't know what she looked like back in 99 when they were filming that. I think it's safe to assume she was on her way. (laughs) On her way in? (laughs) Oh, God. Lord help us. It's not good. So, if we talked the joke level and the cold-blooded level and whatever when it comes to the action how far does that rank on the list of the importance for bond like is it okay that say pierce brosnan he'd rather shoot somebody than the fist fight with them or is it better that like a connery gets in the mix and you know tumbles around and stuff i like to see him tumble yeah me too <laughs> Break shit. I like, I, I like the quick execution. I always prefer the sh- gun, gun, bang, bang. <laughs> the gun, gun, bang, bang. Mr. Gun, <laughs> gun, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the real lyrics for that are kiss, kiss, bang, bang, which brings up sex appeal. We know that uh, we were talking a little bit about Rosnan there. Who's the least sexiest Bond? Roger Moore. Yeah. Roger Moore. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'm so glad everybody agrees with me on that. Roger Moore. I mean, he back in the day, not a bad looking guy at all, of course. But holy shit, if you look at him in A View to a Kill, 
you're really supposed to believe that Stacy is into that. Guy's like 65. <laughs> his hair's thinning. Clearly could be like her grandfather. I'm not buying it, you know? And I think Roger Moore had plastic surgery at some point in the 80s to make him look younger. If you watch his eyes in A View to a Kill, he almost doesn't blink. <laughs> I think it became physically impossible for him to. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, you got to think, Roger Moore was young when they were doing the Sean Connery films. Like they were thinking about casting him for when George Lazenby took it over and then waited a couple more years and then he started. And he's the longest tenure out of all the Bonds. I mean, he went from you, – you take somebody who's 35 and you take somebody who's 55. There's a big difference between there. He's actually older than Sean Connery by three years. Oh, wow. Huh. So when Connery got to a point where they were like, you, you're too damn old, why did they think Moore was fine? <laughs> no. He lied on his application form. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, what's this say that you are here? 28? Yeah. Uh, 27, actually, it should be. I don't know. I mean, I got to say, Roger Moore, I don't get it. He's charming in a certain way, and that's kind of part of the sex appeal. It's not just your looks necessarily, but like... You know, you crack a joke, you get them on your side, that kind of a thing. Probably, I would say, the second least option when it comes to charm and stuff like that. It's between Dalton and Craig, and it's probably probably Dalton. We're Definitely talking about Craig. sophistication? No, nah, sophistication, that'll be coming up next. Oh. But Dalton, he's not a very, like, at least with Daniel Craig, like, he's got a better body on him, and... I'm sure that uh, Caroline would attest to this. There's that, that bad boy factor, kind of. Yeah, of course. But just his whole... He has a presence that is just like... He doesn't have to... He's not... He's not a good beautiful. Man. Yeah, he's not... He's not, like, normally, like, somebody you consider handsome. But there's something about him that is just like, oh, my God, he's hot. It's so, just the way he carries himself, I think. On just pure face alone, how would you rank the Bonds, Caroline? Oh, just face? Yeah, just face. Not not their attitude or nothing. Mm, okay, so in that case, Piers Brosnan would be number one. Okay, I agree. Uh, I'm fucking A. <laughs> um, I'm looking at the pictures now. I would personally go probably... Lazenby number two, Connery number three, Dalton four, Craig five. I think Dalton's better looking than Lazenby. Lazenby just looks like a potato a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Lazenby's got a round face and a butt chin. <laughs> and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with butt chins. Right, but I was just going to say nothing wrong with that. But you are an ass guy. Like, meh, I don't know. Um, then I guess Sean Connery, Lazenby, no, 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 Sean Connery, Daniel Craig, Lazenby, and then Roger Moore. Hmm. Now, if, uh, we were going to go with, like, the charm aspect of it, as I was saying before, uh, Timothy Dalton, not that charming. <laughs> I mean, there's that one little, uh, thing when you watch the special features and stuff, Carrie Lowell, or is it Lowell? 
think it's Lowell, right? Yeah. Uh, she's talking about how they're filming the, the kiss scene and Dalton's telling her on like, you know, they're kind of like taking a break and whatever. And he's just going, so when you kiss me, you want to do it this way. Oh my God. <laughs> Just a real pompous jerk of it. <laughs> yeah, well, keep in mind, he was Shakespearean trained, so pompous indeed. <laughs> but well, he doesn't he strike like me... It. He doesn't strike me as, like, the charming type all that much. Like, most of the time when he's betting a woman in these films, it's just kind of like, uh, it's the bad boy kind of thing. Like, Dalton doesn't have as much of, like, a, a jokey kind of flirtatiousness that Daniel Craig has. Right. But... Brosnan is definitely the most charming. Yeah, I I agree with that. I'm not mad at that. And I don't think that Connery's all that charming. <laughs> Can really. I just say oh. something about his accent that relates to charm for me? I And Tony knows this, but I have a problem with the word sensational a lot. I hate that word. And I feel like if he, if he said that word, it would be sensational. And I just can't deal with that. And to me, that just takes major points of charm. <laughs> Even though you haven't heard him say it, it makes sense in my head, though. I Has swear. he said "sensational" in any of the movies? I don't remember him saying that. Probably I, not, but he would say "sensational." Sensational. Sensational. Another shocking. thing that I didn't like about Sean Connery was his was his hump. I don't know why, but he was always hunched over in um the film yeah. that I watched the other day. You only live twice. He is hunched over quite a bit. In that. Uh, quite a bit. He's, he's he's always hunched over. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, you're either really tall or you got to like hunch yourself to make yourself look smaller. But well, he Jesus was in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> he was bowing a lot in Japan. He got used to it. <laughs> uh, sophistication is the other thing. And uh, that's actually something that they don't have for all the Bonds all that much. I mean, in the books, from what I know and whatever, and Alex can attest to this too, there's a lot of focus on, like, that Bond likes black coffee and uh, the certain type of caviar. And the Bond films, they do essentially use this kind of stuff. I mean, every once in a while, Bond will talk about, like, the perfect temperature for a bottle of wine or... Uh, I mean, there's that line in You Won't Live Twice where he says about the, the temperature for the sake and Tanaka says, you know, oh, you're you're pretty cultured for an Englishman or whatever it is. <laughs> so Bond has this 50-50 thing, and I kind of want to – I'm curious what you guys think. There's two approaches, it seems, when it comes to Bond. Either Bond is very sophisticated. You know, he's uh, a world traveler who knows tons of languages, and he can – spot the difference between like, well, you know what? Like I could tell that you weren't a good dinner host because the angle that you put the fork is off on the wrong side kind of a thing. Or you're, you got the Daniel Craig bond where Vesper points out and she's just like, you're wearing a watch. that's really expensive, but you hate it. Don't you? Cause you're not somebody who was born in wealth and you know, you wear the suit, but you wear it with disdain because it's just like, it doesn't feel right to wear a suit. And well, look at Daniel got... Craig. It's easy to see why not. <laughs> But do you guys so do you guys think that Bond should be sophisticated or should he be fake sophisticated? Sophisticated. I think it makes sense for him to be sophisticated, but oh my god, that's just something so sexy about a guy that is like he he 
can't he has a hard time pretending to be something that he's not and if he's not sophisticated he can wear the clothes but it just doesn't come through i think that's so hot too like i don't know i'm i'm very biased i don't really count <laughs> what do you think alex it's not too high on my priority books definitely they almost read like product placement i mean the brand names he reels off and the travel resorts he's been to and so on <laughs> you know it gets tiresome but that's not a big part of um what i think you know like the bond mystique is all about you know like you said tone he comes from you know he was an orphan he sort of you know he grew up in like a kind of working class setting so you expect him to be a little like of a brute you know it helps i think explain the um why he went into the business of killing people See, that's one of the reasons why I like Dalton, because I think Dalton pulls off wearing that suit and looking like he should be wearing a suit without trying like to, to pass off as something that he isn't. But you can kind of see a little bit of uh, like a preference for when he doesn't have it on. I mean, there's times where Dalton's wearing stuff that's like suit-esque. Like, you know, you got to be in a, a, a nice environment. You got to wear something nice kind of a thing like that or whatever. But you can kind of see that like, He's he's made it his own sort of. Brosnan is like, give me the fucking nicest suit, give me this yeah. whatever. And Connery's just kind of like, well, that suit's not fucking nice enough either. You know, I gotta wear that certain rose in this part and shit. And Roger Moore's just like, yeah, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> I don't consider Moore very uh, very very sophisticated. Lazenby tries. Lazenby tries a little bit too hard, I think. I don't know, but. When you look at all these different factors and stuff, we said our favorites at the beginning of this. Let's go kind of in opposite order. Uh, how would you rank them from bottom to top? All these things worked in together. Uh, you know, sophistication, sex appeal, jokes, action, cold-bloodedness, assassin kind of mentality, whatever. Who's the worst? How do they rank up to the top? Caroline, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Um, the worst, I would say Roger Moore. I just can't handle it. Um, then, mm, Lazenby, because he, he's potato looking to me. Then, um, Connery. No, Dalton, Connery. And then I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't change my mind. I just, I dream about these two way too much. I can't. I can't, like, oh, they're both my kids, but I have, like, an incestuous relationship with them. I can't pick. <laughs> Sean, what about you? Do you have preferences when it comes to these guys? Is it something where it's, like, uh, you know, you can rank them in order based off of those, or do you have to actually start working in which the other films are the best? Uh, for me, it's, it's a bit of both. Like, I always thought the Roger Moore films were downright boring as fuck. I'd rather watch a wall dry paint <laughs> than watch a Roger Moore James Bond. So that's why I'd put him last. But in in order for, for everything else, it'd be Roger Moore, George, Daniel Craig, Tim, Sean, and Piers. Alex, what about you? How do they rank bottom to top? Uh, bottom's got to be Lazenby. As much as I love his only film, Lazenby's at the bottom. Damn right he is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then you got to just change that opinion about the film, though, now. Okay. Then uh, next to the bottom is Brosnan. 
then Craig, Moore, uh, second place, you know, second best would be Connery, and at the top, Dalton. So I'm going Lazenby last. I just don't see any positives really for him. Poor guy. <laughs> and I look back and I go, you know what, man, if Lazenby, if he would have had his film replaced, like if maybe that's when Roger Moore would have taken over and Moore could have done Diamonds Are Forever and bowed out two films early, maybe we would have gotten uh, Timothy Dalton for Octopussy and um, uh, A to a Kill. Then we could have gotten four for Dalton. That would have been kind of cool. So I got to go Lazenby last, Roger Moore second to last. He's funny, and he's got a lot of positives when it comes to that stuff. But, man, those movies were made in an era where it was just, like, ridiculous. You, I can't show somebody a Roger Moore film and go, well, this is what the James Bond franchise is all about. You should love it. I got to show him something like a GoldenEye and go, well, you got to bounce around and you got to see what this thing's good for this thing and that thing's terrible and don't watch On Her Majesty's Secret Service at all. Um, I kind of have a tie between Daniel Craig and Sean Connery in the middle. There's so many things that like they they parallel each other in a lot of way. I think so. That's why I can't pick Connery is somebody that he's he's more sophisticated than Craig, so he gets a, a bump up for that. Craig's better at action by far. I mean Connery again is is kind of like from the era. There's that shot in You Only Live Twice where they're, he's on the rooftop, and you can see he's not coming anywhere close to punching the people. But back then, they didn't do that. So I don't know if I should dock Connery points for it or what. And he's in movies that are more boring and stuff. So I feel bad putting him lower than Craig. So I guess if I had to, I'd put Craig down at number four and Connery above him. But Craig Inspector is the best that I think we've seen Craig so, you asked me a couple months ago, I would have ranked him worse, but now I don't know for sure. But Pierce Brosnan, I give him number two, and it's mostly because I really, really like how, out of all the Bonds, Brosnan's somebody that I can trust to be the good guy the most. It's because of the hair. It's <laughs> probably the hair, I mean, you know. But Dalton's number one for me still. I mean, he's somebody, he, he lacks a little bit here and there and stuff like that, but if I'm going to trust somebody who is a cold-blooded killer... I buy them with action and still kind of makes me laugh every once in a while, but not to a ridiculous level and stuff. Dalton's just, he's underrated and maybe I like rooting for the underdog a little bit too. So Dalton gets my number one and uh, we all went through this. Yeah, we did. So I guess that kind of rounds us out here. I mean, is there anything else anybody wants to bring up when it comes to their arguments of who the best bond is and where they'd like to see the franchise go in the future? Uh, we are getting people that are saying that Idris Elba should be the next Bond, and I disagree yeah. with that. Oof. I wouldn't be mad at that. It's not—he's a not delicious he's, chocolate man. Let's put it. Uh, let me clarify. It's not because he's black. Because I think that Colin Salmon, who was uh, Charles Robinson, if he hadn't have been Robinson, he would have been a good Bond. But Idris Elba is like fifty. How can he just be Bond nah, now? They, 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 they won't have a black Bond. Like, they won't have a gay Bond. Well, they, just, they, I know that there's going to be people that... was the rumor that, going around right the other day, that they wanted James Bond to be gay. If they do a gay Bond, like then you're not going to have any Bond women in this. You know what I mean? Oh, that would be so nice, though. Oh, just bring back Mr. Boy. Witt and Mr. Kidd. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I will still watch that. I'm sure there's like some sort of porn like that. Well, out of all the Bonds, I mean, George Lazenby, he pretends to be gay for half the movie. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> Not good I thought that you didn't at. like girls. Well, not normally. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I'm hoping but, they'll bring in a um, an American Bond, a Jimmy Bond. <laughs> good old Jimbo Bond. <laughs> Jimbo. Well, originally when they were going to cast Daniel Craig, one of the people that they had was uh, that was waiting in the the wings uh, was Henry Cavill. And poor guy went through a lot of years where there where he was second to be Bond, second to be Batman, second to be <laughs> Superman. And then he finally gets the Superman gig. And now he's just done The Man from Uncle, which I haven't seen yet, but I do want to check that out. And I heard that he's really good in that. So he got his little like introduction there. Uh Roger Moore was the saint and they made him Bond because of that. Pierce Brosnan was on Remington Steel. Uh, Daniel Craig was in Liar Cake. I don't think that Lazenby had done anything like that or uh, Connery, as far as I can remember. And I don't think that Dalton had, but there's been a long-standing thing where, like, Dalton almost took over for more, then they bring him later. Brosnan was there when they were looking at Dalton, and then they waited on Brosnan. Henry Cavill, if they don't get to the point where they say he's too big for the role because he's Superman, we could get Henry Cavill as the next Bond. You guys think that's a good idea? I would be so down for that. Yeah, sure. He's he's interesting to look at. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of him. I'm Googling him now, and um, I don't know. He's, he's pretty indistinct. What do you mean? He, does, uh, he just doesn't look like a um, – he looks very like a very generic, uh, handsome brunette guy. <laughs> Isn't that kind of a good thing, though? I mean, he shouldn't it, have, like – It is if you're playing Clark Kent. Yeah. Right, exactly. No, but some of the better bonds like um uh like we were saying about Dalton and Craig, I mean they have this kind of like unusual sex appeal about them. So do you have anybody in mind that you can think of that could be a good bond? I would like to see Clive Owen. He's too old. No, he's not too old. Isn't he like fifty now? Clive Owen. 42. Yeah. Forty two, yeah, forty two is too old to start. You got to get somebody who you can get for at least three to four Bond films, maybe five. And if you figure every two to three years for a Bond film, you got to go a 10 year kind of mark. And I think you go 35, hmm. something like that. Because a 45 year old Bond, he could still pull it off. Maybe a 50 year old Bond kind of thing. But 42, no, no, Clive Owen right now, I just double check, 51 years old. Yeah, but look, he's very, very young looking. He's think... not that young looking. Have you seen <laughs> the dick lately? Granted, I, I... he's wearing makeup there, but still, like he looks—he's—he's he's not very attractive looking right now. Clive like... Owen to me strikes me as the type of guy that he should be another double O. Like I would love to see him be like double O eight, because they've never put double O eight in any of the movies, or maybe have him be. A villain in it. Yeah, he would be a yeah, very villain. Yeah, villain would be nice. Another another uh, top contender that I uh, for Bond I think would be um, Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, I'm gonna throw a name out there. I want you guys to Google him if you don't know him. 
uh, and ignore that he has a mustache all the time because Bond's not going to have a mustache, you know. Luke Evans. E-V-A-N-S. He was in the Hobbit films that had just come out. He was in Dracula. And I don't remember what else he's in or whatever like that. But I was looking at him uh, maybe like a year or so ago. And I was just like, that guy would be a good Batman. But then I started thinking about it. And I'm like, you know what, though? That guy could be a good Bond. It's a shame Colin Firth is like 55. Oh, he was good in Kingsman. That fucking yeah. A was good in Kingsman. But I look at a Luke Evans and I go, you know what? He he looks – he's a 36, 35, something like that right now. He looks a little like weather-beaten. Yeah. Looks good in a suit. Looks good in a suit. He's got a nice smile. He's got the accent. And the movie that I had seen him in was the Hobbit films. He plays a good guy and whatever. But he kind of plays like a jerk of a good guy. So it's just like, you know what? He might be able to pull off being like the type of Bond like a Dalton or maybe like a, a lighter Connery kind of a thing where it's like he's an ass. <laughs> you know, like the type of guy where you're like, God damn it. Like he's being fucking rude here. That kind of a thing. I'd yeah, like I to see him take it. Sorry. Go ahead. I definitely prefer Luke Evans over Henry Cavill. Yeah. Mm. Luke Evans seems to have an edge to him that Cavill I don't think he does he looks too clean he's too like like a, he has that good boy image I think <laughs> he's, he's a good boy <laughs> he's a good boy <laughs> he's going to pet him give him a treat uh, who's a good boy who's can't a good be habit? wrong with that <laughs> come here Henry come here Henry. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> One more possible Bond I expect no one to agree with, uh, but I am serious about, is Vincent Cassell. Oh, he's way too old. He's a villain, dude. He would be such a good Bond villain. <laughs> Put him, like, make him, like, kind of like one of those Bond villains you would have seen around, like, um, oh, you know what? Like, if we were, not that they're going to redo this, but, like, if they were to do kind of remake stuff about different things... How good would he have been as a Francisco Scaramanga? Yeah, this was a conversation the other day. Definitely. He'd make a great villain. I guess I'm better at picking out Bond villains than Bond. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of people that could be Bond villains. And, I mean, we could always have our little discussions about, like, uh, who could be a good Bond villain compared to certain other people and stuff like that. I mean, I had a list at one point that was going where I was thinking of, like uh, – Richard Armitage could be a good Bond. Now, now I don't really know about it all that much. Uh, but Ewan McGregor at one point was considered as a possible Bond. I don't know about that. Um, no, yeah, I'd have to get rid of the Scottish accent. Yeah. Well, like, that's okay if they do a Scottish guy, you know. Nope. Oh, actually, this is another guy that I had written down. Um, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because I know I'm going to get it wrong. But I uh, what the hell I'll try to pronounce it, but I'll posted in our little chat here so everybody can google him i think it's emrise cooper might might be emrys but i had seen him on an episode of person of interest and he played like a spy who was in mi6 and went against the uh went, went against the grain and stuff like that and that guy looks like the type of bond kind of guy a little bit too much of like a pretty boy to an extent another, but another pretty boy yeah i mean if we were thinking about like an African-American Bond from England, I mean. Well, that's he's not African-American. <laughs> he, he would do terrible at that. 
Would he make a good Bond? Who? Who are you talking about? Uh, Barkhad Abdi from Captain Phillips. He was the captain now. <laughs> the guy with the messed up teeth? Yeah. Because think Aww. about it. He's already a commander, okay? One <laughs> qualification off the bat. And he's an African-American guy from England. Uh, one last person that I had written down as somebody who I could could have seen back at a different time frame, but now he's just he's too old. Now I'd love to see him as like either a villain or maybe like like a double O five who's been around longer than Bond and he's just kinda like, you know, you're you're that fucking reckless kid kind of a thing, is Ray Stevenson. If you don't know who Ray Stevenson is, uh if you've seen Thor, he's um Oh my god, I can't think of his character. He's the the big round um red headed guy. Yeah, it's not Fandral. Like Fandral is the uh, the blonde, Volstag, I think is his name. He was a Punisher in the second, Puni- the third Punisher movie, the Punisher Warzone. If you've watched the Divergent series, which I apologize if you have, because those are shit. He's uh, the one guy character's dad. Like he's you know he's been around, but I could see him being a good Bond villain, and he could have been a good Bond. Maybe if they didn't had gone with him instead of Craig. I, I think he could still be a good Bond. I mean, I like a good 40-year-old James Bond. I mean, it adds that sense that he's been around the block a couple of times. He's experienced. You know, I mean, Daniel Craig is pushing 50. Yeah, and he's got to hang it up. It's too old. How old is Christian Bale? Bale is, uh... Bale looks great in a suit. Oh, no. Bale was actually somebody that they looked at for Bond at one point. He's 41 right now. But I think that the quote, I mean, don't quote me directly on this because I'm not a direct quote or whatever, but I think when they were talking about Christian Bale, uh, Barbara Broccoli was just kind of like, yeah, but did you watch American Psycho? He he wouldn't kill somebody with a gun. He'd kill him with a chainsaw. Exactly. That's all I would think about if he was James Bond. His business cards and... <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, Bond, I don't know. You're a little bit too reckless. And he's just like, I gotta kill a lot of people. <laughs> Oh, Cumberbatch, fuck that, he's too ugly. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch, yeah, he's very ugly. Have you ever looked at how far his eyes are? Who? Benedict Cumberbatch. His uh, eyes are, like, on separate sides of his face. (laughs) (laughs) See, he would be a great Bond villain. Yeah. Yeah, He's a good villain, period, I feel like, because he looks so different. I'm just curious. I mean, this has nothing to do with who's the best James Bond. We kind of went out of that kind of thing a while ago, but, it, you know, we're keeping this discussion going because why not? Does anybody have an idea of who they think could, like, just has to at some point be a Bond girl? I got one person in my mind who I was just like, it, it kind of, like, floors me that this person hasn't been picked yet. Who is it? Actually, I have two. Uh, the person who really, I mean, she's getting to the point now where I'm assuming that they're just never going to have her as uh, Penelope Cruz. Mm. I think that if they went to like some kind of Spain or something like that, like she'd be a great bond uh, girl for that. But the one person I want to see who, if they reboot the series now and they go for a younger bond, they have to absolutely 100% have to have Frida Pinto. Oh, yes. Frida Pinto. 
she is just like she's gorgeous. Like it pisses me off how good good looking she is. <laughs> that kind of a thing. She almost looks like Rosario Dawson, but like better looking. <laughs> I mean, Rosario Dawson's not ugly at all. Don't, don't take it like that. But Frida Pinto is just like God damn it. You know, yeah. like yeah, she she looks like she's a she's one hot piece of ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also like to see Sofia Vergara in a Bond film. Oh, man. I don't know. See, um, I feel like she'll make things look so cheap. <laughs> I, th- I think that she'd be a little Damn, bit too jokey. Split. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> she's like, what, some cheap whore to you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just because, like, she's so, like, she's such a comedy actress. And not that that's a bad thing, but I wouldn't buy her. In a more serious role, I think. A lot of people think that Charlize Theron should be in one. Hmm. Yeah. I'm a little 50-50 on that. Yeah. Although I would support that a lot more than what everybody was just going nuts over for years, which was Angelina Jolie. Keep if, her away. Oh, yeah. If you were going to get uh, Charlize Theron, why not go with the blonde from Gone Girl? Oh, Rosamund Pike. She was in a Bond film. She was, yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Die another day. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. She was um. Oh God, what was her name in that? Die another day is the most forgettable Bond film. Something like something ice or snow or. Did she have diamonds in her face? Miranda Frost. Okay. And it was some kind <laughs> of like ice, ice thing. Yeah, Isabella Ice. <laughs> <laughs> Isabella Ice. So, I mean, that, that kind of rounds us out. I mean, we got a little sidetracked there or whatever like that. But just one more time for everybody to know for sure. I'm saying Dalton's my top Bond. Alex, you're going Dalton as well? Dalton all the way. Sean, you've got Pierce Brosnan. Every day. And Caroline, you've got Daniel Craig. Yeah, sure. I'll go with him. So, poor little Lazenby, poor little Moore. Nobody picks you. And even poor Sean Connery. Usually a lot of people say that he's the best and stuff like that. But if you agree with us or disagree with us, leave your comments below. Tell us what you think, whether you uh, support a certain Bond, whether you think maybe like Lazenby's the best for action. Maybe you think that Dalton's the funniest. Maybe you're sitting there watching all the horrible things that Sean Connery's doing and you're like, well, that's the best Bond there because fuck women or something, you know. If you do leave that comment, expect to get downvoted though because, you know – so the last thing we have to take care of for this episode is to just go around, plug some stuff that we got to tell you guys anything that we want you to check out and stuff. Sean, you're up first. What do you think? Uh, well, what do I think? I think this has been a cracking episode. But if <laughs> if you want another cracking episode, then check out episode six of Premier Pals over on facebook.com forward slash Premier Pals or the Twitter where you can find the video to said Premier Pals. I can't say Premier Pals enough. Premier Pals. <laughs> Caroline, anything you want to promote? Sure. Uh, you guys can check out Creepy Caroline altogether dot bigcartel dot com uh, and check out Them Boys Anonymous. Alex, anything you want to promote on your end? Uh, I guess just world peace and the end of hunger. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> check out more Fanboys Anonymous stuff. And be sure, if you are a James Bond fan, you go back and check out the other stuff that we've done over the past couple of weeks. We had a lot of stuff reviewing Spectre. I think I did three reviews on my own, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, 
you know, if you liked us gawking over certain women or whatever like that, go to the Wed Better Dead. If you want us to do a Wed Better Dead for the Bonds themselves, the hell, I'll do that too. Um, and if you are interested in the Star Wars month that's coming up soon, we got a lot of stuff coming your way for that. We got the other articles as well, you know, stuff about the video game side of things, the comic books, Marvel stuff, DC, whatever happens, happens. We're going to be talking about it, so make sure you bookmark fanboysanonymous.com. Check out our Facebook and our Twitter accounts, which are Fanboys Anonymous on Facebook and Fanboys Anon on Twitter, because we just are one letter off to be able to fit Fanboys Anonymous. God damn it. And uh, if you are listening to this on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, make sure you fair, uh, fair, make sure you share, favorite, follow. Pass this along to your friends and family on social media and all that. If you're listening on iTunes and Stitcher, then, hey, you don't have to do as much work. But you should leave a comment, leave a review, boost us up a little bit, share it, pass it along to everybody like that. Everything helps, guys, so we appreciate all the stuff that you can do like that. But that is it for episode number 25. This group meeting is officially over and adjourned. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, all uh, the panelists, for taking part in this conversation and stuff. I'm Tony Mango. No matter what, I'm a fanboy. See you next time, everybody. Geeks, out.